John writes, I, John, am your brother and your partner in suffering and in God's kingdom and in the patient endurance to which Jesus calls us. I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching the word of God and for my testimony about Jesus. It was the Lord's day and I was worshiping in the spirit. And suddenly I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. It said, write in a book everything you see and send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. He was in exile. That's where John was. We don't know how old he was. By the testimony of the early church fathers, he was pretty old. Um, he was persecuted for the Christian faith that he held so dear. The legend says that he was likely the last living apostle. In letters that he wrote that are included in the New Testament, he is simply called the elder, the old guy. That one sitting on the recliner with his mouth open as he's taking a nap, he's that old, right? That is John. But more than just being a caricature kind of apostolic cartoon, John is actually one in whom the witness, the testimony of the resurrection of Jesus Christ remains here on earth. And because he holds that witness, because he holds that testimony, because with his hands he touched, with his ears he heard, with his eyes he saw the resurrected body of the Lord Jesus Christ, he was held in highest regard. And for that reason, when John speaks, his words come not just with power or authority or inspiration or some other emotional freight. When John speaks, when the Apostle John utters words, his words come with gospel. His words bring rest to the soul. The very same rest that he needed as he was languishing on this island of Patmos, being put there, forced there, thrown there in exile, that same rest is for you too. It's the rest of knowing that no matter what circumstances change in our lives, there is still a Lord in authority that sits over us. He is the one who shed his blood for our sins. He is the one who offers his life for the world. He is the one that we will see as the lamb who sits on the throne by the time we are done reading through the revelation. It's strange, really, how it is. It's strange, really, how it is this Lord Jesus Christ can offer so much and yet require so little from us. And all he requires is just a little faith. A little faith, as small as a mustard seed, that's sufficient enough, but a little faith to say there is a God who exists and lives and acts and loves, and this God comes to us through his son Jesus. This stranger becomes familiar 
This stranger that we celebrate today, who invites us to read through the book of Revelation, this stranger is the one who wants to be our lifelong companion. Let me just stop and ask you a question. How is Jesus your lifelong companion? I want to be clear, I'm not asking you, is Jesus your lifelong companion? I'm assuming that in some small way, if you're listening to this message, the Lord Jesus Christ has knocked on the door of your heart and has taken up residence in some even small way. And now this Lord Jesus Christ is for you a lifelong companion. This son of God has become your friend. No, the question I ask today is how? How is he your lifelong companion? How does this Lord Jesus Christ offer you rest? Is that rest offered because he has situated amongst you uh, two or three who also are gathered in his name and therefore we can find rest for our souls? Has the Lord Jesus Christ, in a different way, taken from you the burden, the guilt, the shame for particular sins that had weighed you down and suffocated your very being? And you live a life of gratitude and thankfulness for that kind of ongoing companionship. Or maybe the how in which our Lord Jesus Christ has become your lifelong companion, maybe it's because you know you have another person on the end of the line when you make the phone call of prayer, and your heart of prayer, which always cries out, even if you don't know exactly how he's answering it, maybe it's because you know there is the Lord who always picks up and never, ever lets you go to voicemail. See, I think that's the fundamental question, that we have to answer by the time we exit Revelation here at the end of August, how is it that the Lord Jesus Christ is your lifelong companion? And in being your lifelong companion offers to you that sublime, that existential rest your soul so desperately needs. I want you to think about that. And now I want you to listen to these awesome words as John in Revelation chapter 1 continues his testimony of the vision that Jesus Christ gave for him. Listen in. When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands, and standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth. And his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died. But look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. Write down what you have seen. 
both the things that are now happening and the things that will happen. This is the meaning of the mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and the seven gold lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are themselves the seven churches. I just want you to capture two visions. First, aside from all of the brilliant glory of his whole being, his entire body, out of his mouth came a two-edged sword. It's the word of God. The word of God which accomplishes the purposes for which it was sent It pierces, Scripture says, between joints and marrow to the very core of our soul, sometimes to condemn, but with the ultimate aspiration to give us rest, to give us a peace that passes all understanding. Let me just encourage you, if you are not regularly in the habit, would you read his word? Pick a psalm. Thumb through the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just do something that puts you shoulder to shoulder in contact with that lifelong companion. Secondly, I don't want you to miss that amazing phrase. When John falls dead in a dead faint after seeing that glorious vision of the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ, What does Jesus do? He lays his right hand on John's shoulder and says those famous, fabulous, majestic words. Do not be afraid. As Jesus said to the women on the day of his resurrection, do not fear. As he said to the disciples in that upper room, a week after his resurrection, peace be with you. It is the guiding prayer. These are the central words of the book of Revelation. As fearful as the vision may be, the vision, these strange things that we are reading and seeing, they are not made to make us anxious. They are written with the Lord Jesus Christ through them, putting his hand on our shoulders and saying, Do not be afraid. I have won the victory. I am your Savior. I am the one who has shed his blood for you. And through all of these strange visions, I will bring you safe to the other side. Jesus is the church's one foundation. Jesus is the one upon whom we pin our hopes. He is the one who gives us more than anything we could ever dream about. Jesus is the one who is the center of revelation. And he is the one who says, peace be with you. Amen.